You know, it's kind of a it's kind of a a wonderful season in that God continues to show us wonderfully new expressions of his heart and direction in his word, but at the same time, he's taking well-established principles from his word uh, that he has sown into us and to our understanding over the years, and now he is touching those deeper things and activating them as rhema. And that is what's happening today and in this particular sliver of time as we consider uh, going into this new year as uh, those who ask of God in Sha'al fashion. And what links this so beautifully to the Christmas story is the fact that the word Emmanuel, the name Emmanuel, is expressed first in the book of Isaiah, chapter 7, when Isaiah mentions this term as a sign from God. And so we're going to touch on that just for a couple of minutes from Isaiah 7. And then we are going to focus on how we enter this year from the understanding of what asking really means for sons and daughters of the Most High God. And I'm very grateful for this. So, Isaiah chapter 7, beginning at verse 10 through verse 14. And the Lord spoke unto Ahaz, the king, saying, Ask thee a sign of the Lord thy God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, neither will I tempt the Lord. And Isaiah said, Hear you now, O house of David, is it a small thing for you to weary men, but will you also weary Elohim? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. This is quite a deep, deep word. And in order to understand it, we need to We need to consider a couple of principles that are very clearly expressed here from Isaiah the prophet. The first is, as I said, what has to do with Sha'al. And Sha'al was that type of intimate commune with God wherein the kings and those who were partnering with God in a more profound way before him, in their intimacy before him, could commune and then ask on the basis of that intimacy. And this word is used throughout the Old Testament, and it, for me, etymologically, it's where the term shawl finally emerges from. And it speaks about how you are in your more integral point of relationship. It's not the open encounters. It's not all of your regalia. It's when you are with God and in the very deepest place, you're knowing Him. And from that then, you gain your directive. From that then, you ask. And from that then, God answers. It was the privilege of kings. It was the privilege of those in leadership. And it 
it sadly, though, was not what Ahaz wanted anything to do with. We've studied about Ahaz and the kings that served during the time that Isaiah was ministering prophetically. You had his grandson, grandfather, Uzziah, who was witty and was skilled and who led Israel forth in dynamic ways. They were, they were the, uh, the, the envy of all of the known world because of the ingenuity that went with Uzziah. But then Uzziah fell. He succumbed to his own press releases, and God put leprosy upon him. And he went away into a more remote palace, palatial area, and just his body disintegrated over the years. And he finally gave up the ghost, as it were. Now his son, Joahaz, basically managed the kingdom for him. And he... Uh, there was great despair. It, there was great despair throughout the land because here was the king who led them forth who just basically disappeared. There were whispers and there were, there were uh, innuendo about what was really going on with Uzziah and is, is God ever going to heal him or set him free, which God never did. It would have been interesting if Uzziah had come and humbled himself and went before God and asked for, for cleansing, but he never did that. And subsequently, then, that released a pall of dismay and bitterness upon the land. And this is the environment that Ahaz grew up in. And by the time um, Ahaz came into power, both, of course, his grandfather, who in Isaiah 6, one chapter before, in the year that Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. That was a transitional point for, for Isaiah. It, it was something happened in the spirit realm then. And then, you know, Jehoahaz died, and Ahaz was in control. Ahaz was slick. He was, uh, he was like a rich young ruler. He didn't want to have anything to do with God. He allowed the scenarios that happened that weren't God's fault to diminish his view of God. And um, he began to make treaties with Assyria. He began to sell off the... The, the promise that God wanted through his people through what he thought were political alignments. And um, this was not pleasing to God. It was not pleasing to God. And it was years later when Hezekiah took the throne that there then began to be a moving back toward the, the, the things that God wanted. And Hezekiah was healed in the, the Psalms of Progressive, the Psalms of Steps were written, which were tremendous in the Old Testament. And um, it, it just was an interesting time. But Ahaz didn't want to have anything to do with God. And God spoke to Isaiah and said, okay, we're going to give this, this young man a chance. And so they meet out in the valley, and Isaiah says what we just read here. And he begins by saying, Sha'al, that's, that's a very unique beginning. Sha'al before Yahweh Elohim, and Sha'al for a sign, either in the height or in the depth, or actually in the depth or the height. And Ahaz immediately says, I am not going to Sha'al, and I'm not going to do it to tempt the Lord, is the Hebrew word nasa, which means to, where we get 
the acronym for NASA, to go up high, to lift high. He basically is saying, I'm not going to meet with God right where I am to know anything in a deeper way, and I'm sure not going to ask for anything that ascends above where I am. And this ticked Isaiah off. I mean, the righteous anger of God comes, and he immediately, without pussyfooting around, he says, all right, house of David, is it a small thing for you to weary men, but will you also weary Elohim? Well, what does he mean by that? Wearying here is a unique Hebrew word that means to just basically be doing the daily grind, to not look above, to not look beyond, to just kind of get by and to trudge along. And that's basically what Ahaz was doing. That's what the people were doing. And you know what? That's what a good portion of the church does. We don't look, as Paul the Apostle said, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may comprehend the, the, the height and the depth, the width and the breadth. Most of the church doesn't want to do anything with the height or the depth. They just want to kind of get by. Their prayers are based on what they see smack dab in front of their eyes. And it's wearying. It, it's just wearying. And Isaiah says, you know, it's, it's bad enough that you are just playing this game and you're, you're dealing with the people and your own political understanding, which is kind of ridiculous. Because he just said, this is not even good. This, this business with Assyria, it's not going to come to pass. There's, you're not going to have any of this. You just ask God and enter into a relationship. Ahaz didn't want anything to do with it. And, and Isaiah said, you're just walking a wearying life. But walk, when you walk in the heart of God, there's no wearying. When you walk in the depth of knowing Him, there's no wearying. It's bad enough that you're wearying the people, but you're also going to weary God. So then he says this. This is the context with, O come, O come, Emmanuel, on all those other Christmas songs that we hear mingled in in the playlist about Emmanuel. This is the context. It's not just as wonderful it is that Jesus came to the earth. He came as Emmanuel. And what does that mean? Elohim with you. That you would know the heart of God. Because the difference between Elohim and Yahweh, it's the one God. They're not two other. They're not two separate gods running around. It's the heart of God, Elohim, and the plan of God, Yahweh. You've got to have both. Lover and warrior. You've got to have both. And in order to access the plan of God, you've got to know God. Hence, that's what Shal is. And so Isaiah says, this is what God's wanted all along. And there is going to come a time, hundreds of years from now, when a virgin is going to conceive, and she's going to bear a son, and his name is going to be Emmanuel. That's the same thing that Gabriel said. And this privilege of knowing Jesus for us today is the same. To know him as Elohim. To know him in his heart. To know him in the depth of love. To know him in the fullness of all that we could ever want, continually drinking from the fountain of the deep things of his heart. And then, 
as that sets the stage, just as with Jacob at Bethel, who was meeting with Elohim and the ladder of the El, of the of the ladder of God, Elohim was there, and at the very top of that ladder, the Bible says that Yahweh was looking down. That's the pathway to partnering with the heavens, the height above. That you know God in the place where He's called you. That you know Him in the depth of His heart. That you love Him and you commune with Him intimately there. This is why Jesus came, to redeem us to our Father. To redeem us to God. So that we may partner with Him in this. And thereby then do the will of God. This is the beautiful privilege that Isaiah is prophesying about, that we've celebrated <clears throat> during this Christmas time. But for us as saints, Sha'al is a privilege that is spoken of throughout the Old Testament, and the principle of that type of commune with God and how we ask and offer our petitions is carried over in the New Testament. So, I felt as I perused through the many different usages, the many different ways that Sha'al was used in the Old Testament, I felt the Lord direct me to four after this first instance of Emmanuel in Isaiah 7. And I believe that these are words for us to apply now as we're entering into this new year. I, I believe very strongly that this is what God is speaking to us right now as saints. As we look forward into 2021 in what God is going to be asking us to do around the world. I want to tell you something. This business of COVID has, been, has lasted a whole lot longer than I thought it would. But in God's timetable, it just snapped. And we're going to be released to travel we're going to be released to reach out in deeper ways in our, our capacities as teaching through the Internet and instructing and counseling. This is going to be a year, a burgeoning year of great expansion. And we're, we're going to need to partner with God and ask from the Sha'al point of deep commune with Him. And so the first one we look at is, again, in Isaiah 45, verse 11. Concerning things to come. Thus says Yahweh, the Holy One of Israel, and, his, and the Maker of Israel, Ask me, Sha'al, of things to come concerning my sons and concerning the works of my hands, command ye me. This is a sermon in itself, maybe even a series in itself. We've taught on this many times in the past, and I apologize to you, those of you who are hearing this for the first time, but this, this is just a piece of filet mignon. This is just deep meat in the Lord. Ask me of things to come concerning how I'm moving with my sons and concerning the work of my hands. Command me. The hand of God it's how we partner with Him. In the New Testament, we look at the word that the Greeks used to talk about hand, and we see that it, is, it's, it conveys emptiness, it conveys winter, it conveys storms, it conveys valleys. 
all of those ways that word hand was used. And it, it's so perfect to me to describe how we take the hand of God. Because when we're in his hand, we're not asking him for riches. We're not asking him for wealth. We're not asking him for anything other than the privilege of partnering with him from the beginning point to walk through the valley with him, to weather the storm, to enjoy that, year, that time of winter where we are letting the ground be prepared and, and it's getting ready for the sowing. We love that. Moses was hid in the cleft of the rock, covered by the hand of God. And God said, you know what? You're not going to be able to see all of my glory here. You're going to see after things go by, but in the midst of them going by, you're going to be in the place that I plant you, and my hand is going to be covering you. I believe God has done some incredible things in this past year. We've been hidden in his hand, and so many of them we are unaware of. We're about to see what God's been doing in a way that no one else has seen as we enter into this next year, into this next season in the Lord. So concerning my hand, the work of my hands command me. Command there is a lieutenant term. It's not just that you're standing there with your chest puffed out, bossing God around. It's that God has spoken to us as sons in that Sha'al moment. He's entrusted us as his sons with things that he's going to do through us. We may not understand all of them right now, but yet we're asking him in conjunction with what he has revealed. And through that then, we've been given authority. And as his hand is progressing, we declare before our Father that what God has said he's going to do, not what we want him to do, not what we have and anticipated maybe this is what he's saying or not what our mind or our lusts or any other thing are saying. What God has put in our heart, we declare it and we ask and we proclaim, we command. And God has divested authority to us. But that's part of the shao. So what does that mean for us? I think that in these next days leading into this next year, we need to be on our face before God and we need to be listening to him. And we need to be giving thanks, yes. Because that's always the foundation upon which praise is ignited. But we need to be listening to those still small expressions from his voice that says, I'm going to do this. We need to capture those and hold on to them. And we need to begin to nurture them and let them grow as a seed of hope within us. And we, we need to begin to, to, to declare them. It's, it's such a process with God. It's such a romantic encounter with God. And so, through that then, the sons move forward. Things to come and the Sha'al. Now, I mentioned, Monica referenced it earlier, this business of the latter rain, Zechariah 10, 1, ask ye, Sha'al, of the plan of God, rain in the time of the latter rain, so... Yahweh will make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to everyone, grass in the field. The, the latter rain was what came pr at pri immediately prior to harvest to give the, the harvest that burst of grain.
Hello? Okay, there it goes. I don't know what happened. <laughs> that, that burst of, of growth is what this latter rain brings. And it's based upon the former rain. And as was mentioned in the sermon, and again what Monica mentioned, is that the former rain comes when you have obeyed God you have, as a teacher and as an archer, sown the things that God has said to do, and then you've waited as the husbandman waits. You wait. And then when it comes time for the latter rain to come, the, the, the latter rain is not really going to do you a whole lot of good unless you've engaged in what the former rain has required. And, you know, and that's a teacher, former is a teacher or an archer specifically directed by God. And I think we've been sowing seed. I think we've been waiting. I think we have been, uh, as a husbandman, letting ourselves be before God for what he wants to do. And I think now you don't sha'al for the former rain. You don't find that in the scripture. You sha'al for the latter rain. That's very important to see. What you do for the former rain is you obey and you work and you specifically sow and you teach and you lay those things there and you let them be planted and you let them be the, the, the foundation of your hopes and dreams in God. And then as God looks at that, then he says, ask of me, shall for the latter rain. This is wonderful. This is where we are. And of course, if you've read, anybody in this house should be very familiar with what comes at verse 4. We had entire activation campaigns in the city called the 10-4 campaigns, where you have the corner, the nail, the, the, the battle bow, and the mighty men being released. That's all part of this. But we need to be asking God in sha'al measure as we listen to him concerning the work of his hands. How do you want to pour out this latter rain? What, be sensitive and listen. Lord, I want your rain of harvest to come in your timing. I don't want to take this, this planting out before your time. Because I might, I might get a 30% growth or a 60% growth. I want it all. I ask God for that. Well, God's going to give it whatever he wants. What, you know, it's coming anyway. That's so short-sighted. You know, the rain's going to come. Don't be such an idiot about this. No. We ask, Shaal, for the latter rain. And there are things that some of you have planted, you've waited on God for, in your families, in your homes. You need to go in your personal life. You need to go before God and be sensitive to Him and say, Father, I've done my best to lay this before you. I know this is from you. I obeyed as a son. Now, let me hear what your voice will say and I'm asking you for your timing to be fulfilled. I'm asking for this latter rain to come. I'm relying on this in this new year. For our network, for our reach around the world, there are so many places, and you're aware of these, 
but there are more and more. So many places where there have been plantings, deep plantings, strategic plantings of prayer groups and groups of churches and schools that, that through God's grace have been established around the world. And there are more to come in this year because the plowman is going to overtake the reaper. With this great reaping, we're also plowing into the new. This is great. It's God's husbandry. And I'm, I'm looking forward to this. But I'm asking. I'm not just hoping and wishing and thinking it's coming. I'm shawling this. And you should too. Because it's your privilege before God. It's the, it's the, right, it's the right of kingship. And you are kings and priests and prophets before him. So this is a wonderful, wonderful word. And we're asking the network to join with us in this week and entering into the new year. And, and this is going to be a theme for our first, first Saturday prayer of this next year. You know, it's, it's very interesting to me because I mentioned this the other day. Uh, a week from this Saturday, uh, the Lord has opened the door for uh, us to be able to declare through an interview in the Spanish language um, into Argentina, into Ecuador, into Spain, into Portugal, and into Italy, and in also into uh, a number of other smatterings, a, a ministry there uh, who has encountered, we've, we've encountered them in, in Sao Paulo, they they reach they have their work out of a television station and uh, it's it's a long involved story but there's new places that in the midst of this time of harvest God is allowing us to sow and I love that this is going to be a year of great harvest but we've got to ask Him the Sha'al for this now it's interesting you know we've talked about this uh, about how this year you know we've been under the covering of the blood. And God has been protecting us daily. I've been declaring the blood over my family and over this church and over our network. And God has protected us. He's kept us from the plague. He's kept us. And I'm grateful for that. And I know you are too. But, you know, that first Passover was interesting because not only was it the first declaration of the blood as a covering over the people. Now, I'm not talking about the blood sacrifice. I mean, this is doorpost lintel stuff. But they were going to emerge from there, and they were going to be ready to move forward into the promise. They were kind of waiting. Not only was God protecting them, but they were waiting. And it's interesting how Sha'al was used in that time of waiting. In Exodus 3, God prophesied about what would happen. Here he says, I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst thereof. And after that, Pharaoh will let you go. I will give this people favor. That's grace. That's, that's hen, grace. In the sight of the Egyptians, and it will come to pass that when you go, you will not go empty. But every woman shall borrow of her neighbor, Sha'al, and of her that sojourneth in her house, jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment, and you shall put them upon your sons and upon your daughters, and you will spoil the Egyptians. Then Exodus 11, 
the Lord said unto Moses, Yet will I bring one more plague upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. Afterwards, he will let you go hence. And when he shall let you go, he shall surely thrust you out hence altogether. Speak now in the ears of the people, and let every man sha'al of his neighbor, every woman of her neighbor, jewels of silver, jewels of gold. Exodus 12, 35, 36. And the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses, and they sha'al of the Egyptians, jewels of silver, jewels of gold, and raiment. And the Lord gave the people grace in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they lent sha'al unto them such things as they required, and they spoiled the Egyptians. What a weird thing. That's such a strange thing. Who would think that it was through Sha'al that this, not only the people being able to go forth in toward the land of promise, but they would be laden down with treasures through the Sha'al, through the grace of God. Now, I'm believing we're already seeing this. We're already seeing the blessing of the Lord upon this house and upon you all. I'm believing that as we enter into this year, applying these principles, as we emerge from this place where the Lord has covered and preserved us under His blood, and we go toward the, the, the time of promise in a way beyond what we've known, there are going to be outpourings of treasures that are going to come that will help to supply the things that we're going to encounter and face. There's a lot of, when you go into many different nations, and one of the things, that there's a dichotomy here, because we don't want to be just known as the Americans who come into nations, because then that's all people want from you. They want money. We've dealt with this. And, and so they think, well, you know, I don't really care too much for the message, but I'm going to like, act like I will because I want the dough from Uncle Sam. So we've tried not to do that, and God's blessed that. Because you want to know, you know, you want to date somebody who's just with you because you got a wad of dough and a nice car, or do you want them with you because they really like you? Which do you want? I mean, it can be fun, like, you've got the money, honey, I've got the time. That was in our hymnal, I think. Uh, we'll go honky-tonking, it won't cost you, me a dime. You don't want that, and, and we don't want that. We want to know that people are hungry for God and that they want what we have been sent by God to give to them. So, on the one hand, we've got that, but on the other hand, there are places and I've prayed about this, where I know we need to be a, a, a conduit for building, and we need to give, see the hand of God bring a burst of financial uh, influence to establish the momentum of what God's wanting to do in certain parts of the world. I know this. And that's an odd thing for me to be saying. And you, you all know that. I mean, we've, we've learned over the two-plus decades to, to go silver and gold have I none, but such as we have give I thee. But I do believe that in this season to come, through the Sha'al, 
You look at that. It's, it's everywhere. Do you think God's serious about that? Or do you think he just didn't recognize what the word meant? I mean, this is what he says he's doing. And this is how Israel was able to go out in grace toward the land of promise, well supplied, not just free, but well supplied, wealth and treasures. That's not our motive, but it's what it is. So the last thing, and this is really a unique one, because it's Samuel. Hannah, whose name means grace, offered supplication, and God gave her that little boy, a miracle child. And he became the preeminent teacher, seer, prophet of Israel. And he ushered in the age of the kingdom through his powerful ministry before God. And um, he was instrumental in establishing the tabernacle and setting the, the stage then for what would be the temple. What a powerful man of God. But this came because a woman of grace offered supplication and then said, I am going to sha'al this child to God. See, sha'al doesn't just mean to be intimate with God asking things. It's a conveyance of partnership with him, knowing that whatever it is that he gives is for you and him. And that's kind of hard. I mean, I look at this story with Hannah, and I'm still baffled by it. I know God's grace is there. But, you know, what woman in this house, or really man in this house, you know? God gives a miracle baby, and this child is just weaned, and this is the apple of your eye, just little darling child, I mean, a miracle, and suddenly at that age, you drop him off. You say, okay, here's God's baby. I'm willing to let him go. Who would do that? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I say I'd do it, but it would be really, really um, pertinent or impossible. I, I don't get it. I mean, but yet here she is. Here's the baby. The baby's been weaned, 1 Samuel 1. For, and she's speaking to Eli, the fat prophet, the, the, the high priest. And the Bible calls him that. That's just not me. For this child I prayed, Palau. God put it in my heart. I entered into covenant agreement. And here's the baby. The Lord has given the petition that I ask of him. Wherefore also I have lent him to the Lord, Sha'al. As long as he lives, he shall be Sha'al to the Lord. And he worshiped Shacha, the Lord there. Now, that's kind of an odd phrase. We know what Shacha means. It's the Old Testament. Lay on your face. It's, it's the Old Testament version of what worship proskuneo is in the New Testament. And if you read that, you see then the second chapter begins and Hannah, Hannah starts her own Magnificat. She begins to declare, and I'm not knowing whether she sings or not, but it's just poetic. So who it is that's laying on their face before God there, it really is not clear. Maybe it's the little boy that's been weaned. Maybe. Maybe it's Eli. I don't know. 
Even the, the, the tenses of the Hebrew doesn't really indicate that. But the point is, is that whatever she said was so overwhelming. I personally think that it was Eli. But whatever it was, it was so overwhelming that that was an on-your-face moment. She brings the baby. She brings this bullock. She brings uh, raiment. She brings other gifts. And here she is. For this child, I entered into a palau prayer. God answered in grace and supplication. And now, he is Sha'al before the Lord. What a beautiful thing. You're asking God in intimacy. God works in miraculous ways. He provides in voluminous way, treasures and supply, but yet in all, you are in partnership with God. And whatever He gives, whatever He does, it doesn't belong to you. It belongs to God. It is yours, but it's not. It's His. I think this is the, what this whole next year is going to be for us. And we've got to be willing to see it. Boy, there are trip falls along the way of this. All of this treasure coming in, man, it's been a long time coming. We're going to hold on to this. And God says, it's just lent to you. It's shall. Give and you shall receive. And, well, well, I've been waiting for this. So look at this miracle. It's finally here. Okay, it's lent to the Lord. Oh, I've been waiting for these babies, whatever that would represent. It's lent to the Lord. Here it is, on your face. So how is God wanting us in this last week of 2020 to Sha'al and in that intimate place come into a point of commune? We don't want to be like uh, Ahaz. God forbid we be like him who just walks that Monday. Oh, it's great that God's with you. But all you see is this far in front of your face. You're not looking up. You're not looking down. You're just right there. That's, it's almost like a mule with blinders. You're just making it one day at a time, sweet Jesus. That's craziness. We're people of eternity, and we need to be we need to be with our Father, knowing that there are heights and depth, width and breadth of relationship with Him that He wants to continue to reveal. And we need to be asking for the latter rain. We need to be asking concerning His sons, the work of His hands. We need to be believing for His timing to emerge from this season into the new and to gain those treasures of supply, whether they're monetary or whatever else they may be. We need that. We need the latter rain to come upon these fields of harvest that are ready to be reaped. They're white unto harvest. And God is bringing us laborers to help with this. We need to be surrendering all the miracles that He's going to be doing, the Samuel-like miracles, and know that they belong to God. This is, this is the heart of Emmanuel. This is what Isaiah envisioned before God when he prophesied about the virgin birth. And this is what God wants to do in us and through us in these hours. So, with that being said, we're going to come and share communion. And I want this to be the beginning of a week 
Some of you have already begun, but for others it's not. It's now beginning. Um, I want this to be a, a time where you really reflectively offer thanks to God for all the ways that he's provided for you and blessed you and positioned you in this new year. Don't be like the nine who went away and didn't give thanks. Jesus says, where are the nine? I, you know, I don't want him saying to us, well, where's, where's Ron? I want to be given thanks. And you need to as well. And um, many have been the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord has delivered us out of them all. Dear God, I was listening, listing all the things that happened. I remember at the beginning of the year, and we, we were starting to plan for our March seminar. And remember those climactic times, the COVID stuff was happening. And we sensed releases of wickedness that, I, that were <laughs> incredible. I mean, it was just overwhelming. And you had to get on your face before God and say, Lord, what meaneth this? And you knew that something was wicked this way had come, and it was going to try to capture this nation. And boy, howdy, hasn't it done a work across the world as well. But God delivered us, and God helped us to overcome. And, you know, I, I look through different things. Lord, how are we going to make it? We will. We will make it. And it looked like, well, you're not going to be able to meet as a congregation. If you, What's going to happen? Everybody's stayed strong, and everybody's still moving. And it goes on, and I had episodes physically where at times I thought, oh, God, is this ever going to end? And it has ended, and I'm grateful for that. I remember one time being in the hospital where I felt death enter the room, and this goofy little floor nurse, funny little guy was there, and Debbie, Debbie was in there, and I thought, dear God, what's happening? I've never felt anything like that, and it was death. And God delivered. And, and you, you just think of, those, that's just a few mountain peaks. There are so many of them in your life and in mine. We need to give thanks to the Lord. He's brought us through. And he's positioned us now in his timetable to see these breakthroughs that he has ordained. But it's through that shaal. It's through that commune with him. And you. You need to note these things. You need to write them down. Be like Habakkuk. Write them down. No, you're out in California. You're not calling it Habakkuk yet, are you? Uh, oh, good. Stay free. St steer clear of that. <laughs> Say it like a Texan. Um, anyway, we need to write the vision. Make it plain because this is what God is going to do. Amen? And, and last thing, those things that he's going to do, we need to be ready but we also need to be looking for the plowing. The plowman is going to overtake this reaper. What great days. But let's, let's offer them with expectancy as we enter into this year. So as we come to the table of the Lord today, those of you who are joining us, I pray that you have some, something that you can uh, participate with uh, before the Lord on your own time. But I, I declare over this bread, we are the body of Christ. I, I, I declare that it is leaven free. I declare that it's a new thing we're doing, not yesterday's lump, but today. And I proclaim that we'll be communing with our Father. 
and I, I, we continue to welcome the covering of the blood upon us and the sprinkling of the blood that we would be free to think the thoughts of God and not have an evil conscience, but to be cleansed and to move forward in his power under the strength of his mighty gift to us. I proclaim blessing over this, and I proclaim blessing over all of you. And um, may this week be a week of tremendous, tremendous commune with our Father. And so, Father, I thank you that as we approach this communion time, I thank you that you are with us, you remain with us. Help us to walk in kingly, kingly fashion before you. Let us truly embody what it means for Emmanuel, the heart of God, to be with us. Thank you for this, Lord. I speak blessing upon your people. I speak blessing upon this network family that is throughout the world. And we love you, and we give you thanks for it all. For we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, to all of you who are joining with us online, God bless you. And to every one of us who are here, let's come and let's receive and let's spend some time before the Lord today. God bless you. Thanks for being here.